Welcome to the OFR Farm Report, your look at the Atlanta Braves minor league system brought to you by OutfieldFlyRule.com, hosted by Andy Harris and Matt Kritzberg. Hey everybody, welcome to the OFR Farm Report podcast. With me as always, my co-host, Matt Kritzberg. Hey Matt, how you doing? Pretty good, how about yourself? Um, not too bad. Got a lot of news to go through today. And uh, I guess, first of all, want to shout out to anybody on the uh, Complex League. Their opening day was today. Um, exciting day, of course. Uh, both teams lost, unfortunately, but you know, it's, it's all about the lessons learned. Yeah, uh, I'm just kind of glancing my way through the scores today. And I think there was a couple, I think it might have been a Cleveland Guardians affiliates that took on each other in the DSL and the final score is like 28 to 5. <laughs> there are some lessons learned there, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, most exciting thing, of course, is uh, uh, the international prospect uh, Luis Guanipa made his uh, pro debut today. Hit a home run. So very cool. And stole a base. And stole a base. That's right. And uh, Carlos Monteverde, who was number two in our class this year, went two for four with a walk uh, and two strikeouts and scored two runs. So the DSL Braves ended up losing 11 to seven. But uh, you know what? It's it's good to get game one under your belt. Absolutely. All right. There was some uh, uh, transactions that happened today in the upper levels that we probably want to talk about. Um the big one, of course, is that Mike Soroka, after a very shaky outing on Sunday, uh, was optioned back to the minor leagues today. Um, it hasn't been announced yet, but it looks like um, Rodery Munoz will be called up for at least a, a short while, possibly to make his major league debut. I'm guessing, Matt, that A.J. smith Shaver may have won himself a rotation spot for now. Uh, that's the way it appears because uh, I believe what they're off to, to, uh, today on Monday, and then they don't have another day off for two weeks, so they're going to have to go with a five-man rotation. There's not any of the skipping or any of that. Um, this kind of shenanigans, and obviously, I, I'm, I'm assuming they're out of the bullpen, bullpen game business. So yeah, I think uh, AJ Smith Shaver is going to get himself a start here, probably uh, Friday or Saturday of this week against uh, with the Nationals. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, so it's uh, it's a bummer for Soroka, no doubt. Uh, it's exciting for Smith Shaver. And, and Matt, you know, the stuff for Soroka still looks good, but um, just he could not really put the ball where he wanted it when he needed to make a big pitch. And, that, and that's kind of what led to his downfall on Sunday. Yeah, and, and I know the thinking going in was once they bring him up, they're not going to yo-yo him around, but uh, circumstances kind of changed in that regard. I think when they brought him up, he wasn't 100% ready to come up to the big leagues, but they thought he can kind of work through his command issues since they really didn't have anybody better at the time to fill the spot because uh, you're looking at the likes of Dylan Dodd and Jared Schuster who weren't really putting together compelling cases to be the fifth starter. And so there's like, well, whatever – Soroka gives us will be better than that, but it turns out not so much. And kind of also because uh, Jared Schuster's kind of at least placed himself in the as a fifth starter. I mean, he's not super impressive at times, but I mean, if you he give you five six innings every time out, that's going to be a huge boost for this team, even at the fifth starter spot. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, Max Freed was placed on the sixty day L, and that 
IL, and that's um, retroactive to when it started. It doesn't really change his time frame at all, but I know there have been some hopes that maybe he was going to be back sooner than expected, uh, but that quashes any notion of that. Yeah, I mean, you come out for at least another month, and I mean, nobody's really surprised by that. I mean, I, th- I think there are some people that every time they see the, the term 60-day IL gets them freaked out, but in this case, it was absolutely not a surprise, and Little surprise it didn't happen sooner, but they just didn't need the roster spot until now, if you can really call it a need. <laughs> yeah. So they picked up uh, another infielder um, named Luke Williams. He came, comes over from the Dodger system. Previously, uh, he had been with uh, Pittsburgh and been in, and he was originally drafted with the Phillies, where he uh, did get some major league experience in their organization. Um, I believe it was in 2022. So. He's been kind of juggled around a little bit since then. He was immediately optioned to Gwinnett, where I believe he is now the eighth infielder they have on the roster. (laughs) Uh, So I would expect another move tomorrow to probably put someone on the developmental list there. Yeah, I'm not sure who that'll be, but yeah, they've got got plenty of infielders at Gwinnett. But uh, Williams does play infield and outfield, so... Uh, could be an outfielder as well. They've been doing a lot of juggling at Gwinnett lately, but they're stockpiling as much depth as they can get their hands on. Yeah, and it feels like a move that they wanted some versatility if that, so that if they needed to bring another infielder up, especially if it's on a short-term basis, that they don't have to bring up Grissom or Shoemake, right? Yeah, because, I mean, I've already shown that the Hoy Park's not really somebody that they have looked at bringing up or Joe Denond or anybody one of those guys but luke williams is on the 40-man roster they may try to kind of shunt him off the 40 at some point just to free up the roster spot and see if they can get him through waivers but williams i believe does have three options so they could bring him up and down as needed so wouldn't be terribly surprising to see him at some point yeah i agree so presumably we're going to bring up Rodri Munoz. That was um, beat writers have said that that's what's going to happen. So I assume that that is true. Matt um, Munoz kind of a up and down tenure at Gwinnett so far since his promotion uh, working pretty much exclusively from the bullpen, but he's obviously going to come up as a reliever. I don't know. His, uh, his work uh, for Gwinnett gives me some pause of how long he will actually be up. Yeah, I think he's a short-term proposition. Uh, I'm not sure what the move would be after that. but uh, And I know some of the beat writers pointed out today, hey, he's got a 0.82 ERA over his last six outings and 11 innings. Well, the one thing they didn't mention is he's also walked seven hitters during those 11 innings, which is way too many for the major league level. And I don't believe the uh, that uh, Mr. Uh, Snitker and Kranitz are going to be real fond of seeing something like that. I imagine he's going to be a guy that, like if a starter gets knocked out in the second or third inning, they'll throw him in for a couple of innings to help eat up some innings be, uh, between before they get to the other end of the bullpen. But I I just don't see it happening. And I think the only reason they brought him up is because Danny Young might have been a preferred option, but he's already been sent down three times this year. He only has two more remaining, and we're – in the first week of June. So I think that had a good bet to do with the decision as well. Yeah. And Derek Rodriguez, I don't believe is eligible to come back yet unless it's as an injury replacement. And, and I think he may be able to come up uh, either Thursday, Friday, some, somewhere like that. So I, I wonder if they might switch out Munoz and Rodriguez then. Yeah. It's, it's a possibility. Cause I, yeah, I think this Munoz thing is a very, Short, nobody seems terribly excited that he's being brought up. I mean, I, 
like I said, I don't think he would be put in any kind of high leverage situations. It's just there to eat some innings if needed over the next few days. And hopefully that won't be the case. Yeah. And, and no, this is not us, you know, poo-pooing on Munoz as a prospect or anything like that. Um, He's, you know, got an electric fastball, really nice slider. It's just, he's still working on his command. So um, I don't think he's quite major league ready yet, but that doesn't, mean that we don't like his long-term prospects but um that that's why we're talking about him kind of as a short-term fill-in yeah yeah I mean, not everybody's going to be aj smith shaver and blow through the system four levels in a few matter of weeks i mean he's only uh munoz has only been at gwinnett since the beginning of this not even the the start of the season he started at mississippi had made a start at mississippi and then got promoted to Gwinnett where he's been working out of the bullpen ever since. So, I mean, he's, he's got some good stuff. It's just a matter of, I mean, he just needs more experience to be able to develop his arsenal, but he'll probably be here for a few days and then they'll send him on back to Gwinnett and he can get back to the development portion of the program. Yep. All right. Well, you brought up Smith Shaver. So let's, let's talk about him. He made his major league debut on Sunday, two and a third. Uh, he struck out four, walked one. That was his only base runner allowed. Gave up some loud outs, but other than that, um, he looked pretty dominant. Um, and I, I suspect that was kind of a kind of a tryout, right? You know, was is he ready to take on more responsibility? And against a pretty good Arizona lineup, he looked pretty great. Yeah, I, I think if it was a case if he had gone an inning and given up three runs, Michael Soroka would still be in the rotation today. But I think they liked what they saw. Uh, like I said, it was a very impressive lineup, and he I mean, he was doing what he wanted with his pitches. He was locating very well. I mean, he's dotting corners, throwing the, the high fastball, and getting batters to chase it. Uh, he looked really, really good. Yeah, it's unreal that five weeks ago he was teeing off against the <laughs> Bowling Green Hot Rods, and now he's striking out Corbin Carroll for his first major league strikeout. It's just what a ride for that kid. Uh, really happy for him. Twenty years old, the youngest. The youngest uh, brave to make his uh, major league debut, I think, since uh, Julio Tehran, right in two thousand one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, who's back in the majors, by the way? I don't know if you saw that. He's uh, yeah, he pitched uh, six scoreless innings um, in one start last week. He's pitching tonight, as a matter of fact. Uh, I think he's losing. His, yeah, he's losing his start, but he, I think he was actually uh, pitched fairly well. Yeah, that's, that's great. Big fans of Julio Tehran. Yeah, in fact, he uh, he went six and a third innings, gave up just two runs. Yeah, that's I'd take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, I think the Padres would take that too. It's it's weird that they didn't try it. Yeah, um, and, I, and yeah, I mean, he knew he must have had something left because the Brewers just immediately gave him a one year major league deal and jumped right on it and put him in the rotation and he may be saving that rotation at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, the Brewers knew know a little something about pitching, so yeah, they, just a bit. All right. Um, we want to do something that we did this last year at about the one third mark and we're right at the one third mark for triple a, at least we're a little bit over for the uh, other leagues. Um, but, uh, it's our pleasant surprises. This time we're going to do a little bit different than last year. I think Matt, you have a couple surprises for each of Gwinnett and Mississippi. And I have a couple each for Rome and Augusta. So Matt, why don't you go ahead and go first, and we'll maybe we'll flip flop or something. Okay, um, I'm going to start off in Gwinnett. Uh, I think the, the the most well, we picked a position player and a, a pitcher. So in my, this case, for the pitcher, I chose Alan Winans. Um, he was he's been super impressive for Gwinnett this year in a rotation that's had a lot of different 
big name pitchers in it, like the Dylan Dodd, uh, Jared Schuster, Michael Soroka. Um, um, well, for, for about two minutes, Ian Anderson, uh, Bryce Elder started opening day. So, <laughs> of course, I, that, that might be the biggest surprise <laughs> as Bryce Elder. But uh, in this case, I'm going to go with Alan Winans. Uh, he wasn't even ticketed for Gwinnett to start the season. He was going to start the season at Mississippi, probably as their number one starter. But when uh, you had a lot of injuries between Ian Anderson and Colby Allard and then a lot of flip-flopping with uh, Schuster and Dodd going to the major leagues and eventually Bryce Elder as well, uh, that opened up a, several spots in the rotation. Alan Winans came up, and he's been very impressive for Gwinnett. Um, he's 27 years old. He's a right-hander. He was a 17th-round uh, pick from the Mets back in 2018. He leads the, or is close to the top in the international league in several different categories because he's got, well, he's got a 2.91 ERA. He's first in the international league there. And it's not really a mirage because his FIP is 3.11 and his XFIP is 3.85. So he's pretty close to where he should be on those. But uh, he's also second in the league in innings pitched. He's first in whip at 1.06. He's tied in second for strikeouts. I mean, he's doing everything he needs to do. Um, he's got striking out about eight and a half batters per nine innings, but he's walking only about 1.7 batters per nine innings. So, I mean, he's, he's throwing lots of strikes, not walking anybody, not giving up a lot a lot of long balls. I mean, it's, it's just it's super impressive, and I'm hoping he get, it helps to earn him an opportunity in Atlanta at some point this season. Yeah, I I have to wonder if uh, Schuster or smith Shaver slip – uh, in, in if Soroka, you know, continues to have his issues Gwinnett with his command, I wonder if Winans may be the next guy up. Yeah. Cause I think, uh, the management in Atlanta would lo- love a guy like Winans. I mean, he comes in, he throws strikes, lots of them isn't rattled, uh, isn't going to be surprised by anything. So I think, I think they would like to see him at some point. I, I can t- kind of see a scenario where let's say if they, that they've an unplanned doubleheader and they need a second starter that they might call him up for something like that. Or if they need a long reliever at some point. I know they're kind of working their way through the Derek Rodriguez's and the uh, Rodri Munoz's of the world right now. But I think Winans is certainly trying to earn himself that opportunity. All right. Who else you got? All right. Um, for my position player, I mean, this is a guy that's been around for a good while. Um, Forrest Wall. There's other outfitters that have got more pubs so far this season, like Eli White, who even came up to Atlanta and uh, did a little stint there. But Forrest Wall is a guy that's been pretty impressive for the Braves. He's a guy that uh, he's kind of got that – Alex Anthopoulos thing where he, he's got a really good lineage. He was a first round pick for the Colorado Rockies back in 2014. The numbers are okay. I mean, he's hitting 271. He's got a 376 OBP and a 392 slugging, and he's right at a 100 WRC plus. But the, the, the number that really sticks out here is he's stolen 32 bases already in about two months, actually a little less than two months. And he's 30, stolen 32 bases in 32 attempts. <laughs> he has not been caught yet this season. In years past, we've talked about the likes of like Terrence Gore and players like that who uh, get brought in and basically are just there to kind of take up space until the postseason arrives. If you uh, need a 26 man who can steal you a base here and there and use it as a pinch running type situation, I'm kind of wondering if Forrest Wall may be that guy this season. I think that's a very good possibility. Yes, either him or or uh, Sierra, right? Yeah, and if for some reason, let's say there's an injury, let's say Michael Harris gets injured again, I mean, the possibility exists that they might look at him to possibly fill a spot because, I mean, he can get on base, he can give you some steals, and he's a pretty good fielder as well. But, yeah, he walks a pretty good bit. He's got almost a 15% walk rate, and he doesn't strike out a whole lot. He's only striking out about 19% of the time. So, 
if nothing else, uh, I think it's a very good possibility he may make uh, squeeze himself onto the roster here at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a very strong possibility. I think you, I think you nailed it. Um, the only guy I was kind of looking at the roster briefly um, didn't put a lot of thought. The only the only guy I thought might squeeze into your year two would be Grant Holmes, the reliever. Um, was pitching in Rome last year, skipped Mississippi completely, and started the season in Gwinnett. And uh, I was kind of scratching my head about that, but the way he's pitched this year has uh, validated that decision. Yeah, that's a pretty good surprise as well. I mean, he's done really well. I think he had a pretty rough week last week, but overall, yeah, he's had a really good season as well. All right. Uh, why don't we drop down to Rome, and uh, I'll tell you my pitching pleasant surprise. Uh, this is a prep arm that was drafted in 2019, a lot of, lot of uh, prep talent drafted in 2019, of which Vaughn Grissom and Michael Harris has gotten a lot of the publicity. Uh, Tyler Owens has been mired with uh, – nagging injuries a lot during his career. Um, and it looked like he was going to end up in a bullpen. Uh, but this year they've put him back in a rotation for Rome and he's thrived there. Uh, 282 ERA so far this season uh, with a 353 FIP. And uh, what I really like is his 5.3% uh, walk rate. That's an almost 5% drop in his walk rate since last year uh, with a 28.4% K uh, rate. So, uh, Matt, th this is a little complicated, but generally striking out a bunch of guys and not walking a bunch of guys is a good recipe for success. Yeah, that's a pretty good formula right there. And yeah, it's, it's a pleasant surprise. Uh, like you said, it's, it's been more about the injuries for Owens, uh, missing a lot of time over the last couple of seasons. But yeah, he's, he's come back this year with a vengeance and he's uh, done a Pretty good job here so far, and hopefully it'll earn him a promotion later on during the season. But I think as of right now, they just want him to get in a routine, uh, get a lot of appearances in, um, get his arm going, and then they'll uh, kind of evaluate from there. But, yeah, uh, I think the walk rate is probably the most impressive thing, especially at the lower levels. I mean, if you're only walking two batters per nine, <laughs> that's that's going to take you a long way. Yeah. Yeah. He, now he didn't make his start, uh, last week and he's, he didn't get on the injured list or anything like that. So I can only assume it was an intentional, uh, scratch him one time through cause it's, you know, the innings as he's pitched over the last couple of years have been pretty small. So, uh, I'm sure they're still building up and being cautious with him. So I'm hoping that he'll pitch this week. Um, I'm going to be in Rome on Wednesday and that's, typically when he's made his start. So um, crossing my fingers that uh, I finally get to see him live. I did see him briefly early in the year in a relief appearance, but it was kind of a blink and if you know, miss it sort of thing. So um, crossing my fingers that he'll start on Wednesday and uh, I'll be able to get a good, good long look at him. Yeah. I'd, I'd say that's a pretty good theory on your part about the workload. Cause he pitched and only pitched 62 innings last season and he's got barely over a hundred innings for his uh, pro career so far. So yeah, they're probably trying to kind of spread the workload out a bit. I mean, not everybody can be AJ Smith Shaver. <laughs> well, I was going to say if it was AJ Smith Shaver, it might just be that they they've uh, there. He's moving into a condo at the battery. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, for my position player, I'm going to go with uh, infielder Keyshawn Augins. He is hitting 252 with a 385 on base percentage and a 382 um, slugging percentage. He's shown uh, better power than uh, I think anybody anticipated, and um, he gets on base a lot. Um, he's kind of been hitting uh, for most of the season at the bottom of the lineup, which is 
kind of helpful because he's been on base when guys like um, uh, Nacho Alvarez and uh, uh, Drake Baldwin come up at the top of the order again. Uh, they've been moving up him recently, though. Um, he um, just a better power patience combination than uh, than I was expecting. I thought he was going to be more of a uh, organizational infielder, and maybe that's what he ends up with. But uh, right now, he's um, one of the better hitters in that Rome lineup, and he's only 21 years old. The interesting thing about him is defensively, they've been playing him a lot at third because they they want to play Alvarez at short. He he still doesn't seem real comfortable at third. He he played shortstop most of his career, and in fact, in those occasions where he does play second uh, shortstop, he looks a lot com- more comfortable there. Yeah, I, I'm impressed by him as well. Yeah, that walk rate, I mean, right at around 15%. It's not a whole lot that you'll see. Like, I mean, like his batting average is 252 for the season, but his OBP is 385. So you don't, you don't often see an OBP that's over 130 points above your average. So that says a lot to his walk rate. And getting a point by the occasional pitch as well. But, yeah, I think the power uh, is definitely uh, something else too because of the last – like last season at the different levels, he had ISOs of 0.065 and 0.042. His ISO is 0.130 now. So, I mean, that, that's at least a respectable for a middle infielder uh, type situation. Right. And he's got a little speed too. So, um, you know, if he, if, as long as he's keeping that on base percentage and, you know, 350 plus, he's going to have value. And the power is kind of a uh, little icing on the cake there. Yep. All right. Uh, Mississippi um, position player, there's not a whole lot of surprises, but the one I chose was uh, catcher Javier Valdez. He's 24 years old. He was a 21st-round pick out of Florida International back in 2019. His bat has just been off the charts good uh, so far this season. He doesn't have enough uh, played appearances to qualify quite yet for all the categories, but he's hitting 302 with a 438 OBP and a 542 slugging, and he's got a 168 WRC+. Plus. He, he he does something with the bat just about every time he's in the lineup. Sometimes he might go one for two, but he might have two walks and a hit by pitch. So, I mean, he's, he's getting on base a whole lot. Of, like, like I said, almost a 440 on base percentage. Defense isn't the biggest part of his game. I mean, he handles the pitching staff well, and they like working with him. But it, I mean, it, the base dealers just run rampant on him. Uh, last year, he gave up 136 stolen bases and 151 attempts. So he's only catching about 10% of base dealers. This uh, this year, not uh, much better. He's uh, opposing base stealers are forty four out of fifty so far for eighty eight percent success rate. That's not the strongest part of his game, but you can necessarily live with that as long as you got a bat like this. I mean, I, I think he's going to end up getting a promotion here in the not too distant future. Uh, he's played a catcher pretty much just just catcher, like hasn't been moved around the field or anything like that. And of course, obviously they'll DH him at times, but I, th- I think that with that bat and. I'd love to see how it would do at Gwinnett because uh, he's hit six home runs a season, but five of them have been on the road. And I think that's a, a power number that could really step up as he moved up to Gwinnett. Yeah, I've I've liked Valdez. I liked him a lot with Rome last year, you know, especially the bat. Uh, on the behind the plate, he's still got a lot of work to do. And I suspect that's what's kind of that's probably why he's not in Gwinnett now, right? <laughs> but yeah. But uh, yeah, offensively he's been extremely impressive. He he's almost a reverse Jonathan Morales. <laughs> Where, <laughs> yeah, or Morales is a good fielder, uh, not much with the bat. Right, right. But, 
but I always compare them in my head because they both came from small Miami area colleges, right? And they, uh, you know, drafted drafted from that, and and they both have, you know, good leadership skills, right? You know, I've 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 heard that a lot about about uh, Valdez and Morales certainly had that as well. So and that's why they're in my head, but they're really very dissimilar players otherwise. So. Yeah. <laughs> well. I think a kind of a comparison would be, I mean, to some degree, I mean, from an offensive standpoint, I mean, with maybe uh, the contact isn't, I mean, the contact's definitely going to be a lot better, not maybe not quite as much power, but like, say, Alex Jackson, mm-hmm. where <laughs> you, go, you go with the offense and you try to live with the defense. Yeah. Although, to Jackson's credit, he definitely improved over time. So hopefully Valdez at least does that as well. Like, like yep. especially – Especially the front, the pitch framing. Jackson got really good at that, and uh, you know maybe it won't matter as much if uh, automatic ball and strike come. But um, but I'd like to see see him improve something. Um, you know he he seems to be he's called a game okay, but um, but you know in, at this level most of the game calling is done from the dugout anyway. So um, just just like that's the only caveat I have for Valdez, but uh, I. The player himself, I really like, and the and the bats just kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, and with the catchers in this organization, there's several that are becoming kind of clamoring for promotions here over the uh, next few months. I mean, you got Adam Zabrowski and Drake Baldwin down at Rome. You got uh, what's his name down at uh, Augusta, Nick um, Clarno. Clarno, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, all these guys are going to be kind of. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they all moved <laughs> in our group here at some point in the next month or so. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some interesting catchers in the FCL too. That might, that might be what drives, yeah. what drives it, right? You know, do they want to see these guys at, at a higher level before the end of the year? That might just push everybody up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to the pitching part of it. Uh, the one guy I've really looked at here um, was Domingo Robles. Um, he's a 25 year old left-hander, uh, six foot two, 170. He started off in the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates organization. He was there from 2015 to 2019. He was in uh, the Cardinals organization 2021 and 2022. Uh, he started off at AAA this season, had a couple of really rough outings that sent him down to Mississippi, and he's just taken off ever since he uh, uh, got taken back down to AA. 42 and two-thirds innings. He's got a 2.32 ERA, a 2.01 FIP, and a 2.83 X FIP. He's striking out 12 batters per nine innings and walking only two and a half. His uh, 2.32 ERA ranks second in the Southern League, and his WHIP of 1.08 ranks third in the Southern League. So, and I think the the most impressive outing he had this season um, was when uh, AJ Smith Schaffer made his first of only two starts in Mississippi. Uh, AJ Smith Schaffer went two innings. In the start had a pretty significant rain delay, so he couldn't come back after that. And Domingo Robles came in and pitched seven, seven shutout innings to finish off the start with a shutout as a team. So I, I think that's – I mean, he came on with basically no notice and tossed seven innings. So I, th- I think it was always planned as a kind of a piggyback outing that night, but I don't imagine he planned on pitching quite that much. But he's been really impressive for the Embraves this season. One Southern League pl- uh, Pitcher of the Week that week too for that – Seven inning relief yeah, for, for one relief appearance. Yeah. Uh, it was a funny thing. I uh, heard an interview with him last week, and Chris Harris, the announcer for the Embrace, was talking to him about his uh, history and his uh, and being from uh, the Dominican Republic. 
and they asked who his hero was growing up. And, you know, a lot of times they'll add, they'll ask uh, the Latin players who their heroes are. And you, you always get like answers like Miguel Cabrera or David Ortiz. I mean, just, I'm just talking about in general Latin terms. They asked Domingo Robles who he looked up to as a, a pitcher growing up. <laughs> and he and gave Dominican, um, Dominican legend John Lester. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of a odd, but also a pretty good answer. I mean, he's a lefty pitcher. He probably saw him on TV. It's like, hey, God, I can pitch like that guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, smart lefty. Yeah, I, I can. I can think of worse role models, certainly. No doubt, and I and I think that's a unfortunately it's kind of a logjam at Gwinnett right now. But I can see him getting a, another bounce back up to Triple uh, A in the not too distant future. Yeah, before uh, Soroka was optioned back down, I would have guess that Robles may had come up this week to fill in for a start. Um, he didn't embarrass himself when he was up at the beginning of the year by any stretch. Um, I, I like Robles a lot. I think, I think you nailed it on this one. Just, uh, just, uh, everything about him. I, I'm enjoying right now. Yeah. Same here. All right. The, our last, uh, couple picks here, Augusta. So the, uh, position player, I'm going to go with outfielder, Ethan Workinger. Uh, it was tempting to go with uh, David McCabe here, uh, but who's who's having a great year, and I don't want to diminish that. The the only thing with McCabe is I kind of was expecting you to have a big year, right? So uh, yeah, that's that's not really surprising. I mean, he was probably too good for the level, right? Right. I, I thought he would actually start the season in Rome. Uh, so when he kind of mashed in Augusta, I really wasn't all that surprised. So when it comes to pleasant surprises here, I'm going to go with Workinger. Um, he was a uh, non-drafted amateur free agent signing in the COVID year. Of course, that year there was a ton of non-drafted amateur free agent signings because the draft was only five rounds long. Uh, but he was coming out of a community college, um, very young. He's still still very young. But uh, this year for Augusta, he is hitting 254, 333, 462. Uh, just this week, he, he had another homer. He's now hitting out of the leadoff spot. Just a really good power, speed, defense combo. I, I He plays some center field. I, I don't think he's really a center fielder, but he can handle it, you know, in kind of the Adam Duvall handled it sort of way, right? Um, yeah. I think he's kind of more naturally uh, in a corner. Very impressed kind of with the overall package. He's really filled out since his signing. Um, he looks like a you know, kind of a, like a strong safety almost. Uh, so very impressive looking fella. And uh, he's done nothing but impressed in, in Augusta so far this year. Yeah. He's kind of strikes me as a bit of a grinder. We, we've seen kind of, they've had some issues with some of the uh, outfielders and other uh, guys they picked over the last couple of years. I think about like Stephen Paolini and players like that who haven't quite developed like they wanted them to, but that get, kind of gets made up on this end when you see guys like Workinger who they weren't probably expecting that much out of that. I was like, Oh, by the way, uh, I'm here. I'm let me show you what I can do. And he had a, what a long on base streak already mm-hmm. uh, here recently that just got busted. So yeah, I mean, it, that, he's been very impressive this season. Yeah. And especially he's been kind of a lifesaver for Augusta. Their, their outfield, their anticipated outfield is disappointed a little bit. Um, you know, Jeremy Seldonado, you know, hits a homer every once in a while, but not very much else. You know, Tyler Collins steals bases, but um, doesn't do much else right now. Can't, can't steal first. Can't steal first, <laughs> unfortunately. So it's really been Workinger and uh, Jair Casanova and the recently promoted 
you know, Bryson world now seems to be the, you know, the outfield that the outfielders that are, that are actually uh, producing now. So uh, we'll, we'll see how much run they get, but uh, Workinger definitely the class of that um, group. All right. And then my pitcher surprise pitcher kind of, again, uh, that it was tempting to choose Cedric D grand prix here, but again, I was anticipating he would be pretty strong this year. Maybe not sub two ERA strong, but um, again, I, I thought there was a strong chance he actually might have started the season in Rome. So I'm going to go with Seth Keller. He's unfortunately on the IL, but it's the seven day IL. So I don't think it's anything serious. Uh, still only 19 years old and uh, was drafted, was, was the Gatorade uh, player of the year for the state of Virginia when he was drafted. Um, but he barely pitched at all. Uh, once he signed his contract, you know, and there was talk that, you know, the Braves were really working with him, kind of overhauling his mechanics, things like that. And I thought there was a really good chance he actually may start the season in extended spring training, but proved not to be the case. He uh, did start the season in Augusta, and he's been kind of flopping between starting and the piggyback role, but he's done well in both. Uh, 117 ERA, and that's with a 285 FIP, which is really good. Matt, 25.6% strikeout rate, but only a 3.5% walk rate. And that's for a 19-year-old with that that uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio. Uh, that, that gets me very excited. Yeah, and this isn't like, okay, he's 19 and he turns 20 soon. No, he, he turned 19 last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, I think the walk rate's the most impressive thing here. I mean, it's great that striking out a batter and inning, but, I mean, at this level, when – you can keep that kind of walk rate that just says nothing but good things about uh, the path ahead for Seth Keller. Yeah. I'm just uh, watching him pitch. It's uh, you know, the, the velo, I think he's got more to come, you know, as he fills out, uh, but being able to just, he, he's done, he does a really nice job placing it right where he, where he wants it. Um, that's hard that you don't see that very often at that level at all. And certainly not from a freshly minted 19 year old. So, um, <laughs> so fifth round pick, uh, last year and at least the early going here, the returns look very strong for Seth Keller. Yeah. And I can see that though. I think they'll likely leave him at Augusta for the, the course of the season. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason to hurry him along or bring him up to Rome or anything like that. Just kind of let him develop his arsenal, uh, get those innings in and just, uh, just keep working and, Good things are going to happen for Mr. Keller. Yeah, I think that for Keller. I think that for Owen Murphy as well, and and Didier Fuentes. All the all the teenage uh, arms, I think, are just going to be in Augusta. All year. I mean, AJ Smith Chauver was nineteen years old <laughs> last year and spent all year in Augusta. So, um, yeah. if it's good enough for Smith Chauver, it's good enough for <laughs> Seth Keller. Just hopefully they're not expecting to be in Atlanta by next Memorial Day. Hey, you know, any we as we can see, anything could happen, right? <laughs> All right. So that's our pleasant surprises. Uh, let us know what you think. I, you know, feel free to comment on uh, Outfield Fly Rule or find us on Twitter uh, or join our Facebook group, uh, Outfield Fly Rule uh, Facebook. We're a, uh, it's a good group, uh, good baseball folks just talking baseball. So um, feel free to find us there. All right. Anything else, Matt, before we uh, talk about what happened down on the farm? No, I think that uh, takes care of our surprises and many surprises there were. All right.
gonna start off in Gwinnett. Uh, Gwinnett, not a great week. Um, they went over to, uh, took a road trip to Norfolk to take on the Norfolk Tides, and they lost five out of seven games. And they're just kind of uh, free falling in the standings now. They've had a lot of upheaval this season, uh, particularly on the pitching staff. Uh, they had gotten pretty close to the 500 mark, but they're they're just kind of really dropped off now, and they're now 16 games out of first place. Yeah, Gwinnett, uh, they, they only got a couple of uh, good performances from their starting rotation last week. Uh, Nick Margavichus, um, he had a couple of rough relief appearances when he first joined uh, the Stripers, but he's had, uh, I think, three good uh, outings in a row now, and apparently he's joined the rotation now. In one of the uh, doubleheader games last week, he tossed five shutout innings, um, so I think we're going to be seeing him there for uh, a good while now. Um, so they don't have to do a bunch of spot starts every uh, two or three times a week. Uh, Tanner Gordon had a really solid start. I mean, he'd gotten really hammered last time out, but he went. Um, that's kind of what you'd see. Uh, uh, Tanner Gordon, when he's going well, he'll give you a lot of innings. He'll uh, he tossed seven innings, gave up three runs, and he actually threw ninety-seven pitches, which is not you don't see that a whole lot at this time of the year when you're uh, seeing a, a starting pitcher at any level. Uh, for the Braves, um, they tend to kind of top out at like 75, 80 pitches, but they let Tanner Gordon just go 97 pitches, just kind of use him as a workhorse, and it went pretty well for him. Uh, the start of the week belonged to, uh, uh, mentioned earlier as our surprise, uh, Alan Winans had a start on Friday night where he tossed seven scoreless innings, struck out six, and just gave up four hits and no walks. Unfortunately, he got a little run support that night as that was a game they won 16 to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the, bad, the bad start of the week. Uh, Dylan Dodd, he just has not had it at all this year for Gwinnett. Um, he went in a doubleheader game but only lasted three innings. He gave up six runs, including two home runs. He's been really victimized by the uh, gopher ball for Gwinnett while he's been there this season. Going to the offense, I uh, mentioned uh, Forrest Wall earlier. This is kind of the way he's been going this season. He didn't have any extra base hits, but he went 11 for 28, had six walks and six stolen bases. And that's the second week in a row he's had six stolen bases. So, uh, yeah, pretty good uh, going for him. Now, looking at the shortstops, Vaughn Grissom, he's been um, very good pretty much the entirety of the season. He hasn't had a whole lot of down weeks, but um, he this week he went 11 for 29, had three doubles with a 379, 438, 483 line. But Braden Shoemake, uh, apparently he got affected by the time he spent in Atlanta, that, all that downtime he had for what, about almost two weeks. And he's had a pretty rough go of it ever since he got back to Gwinnett. And this week he just went four for 25. Two of the hits were a double and a home run, but his line for the week was 160, 300, 320. So hopefully uh, with some consistent plate appearances, Aquanet, he can kind of get back on the horse and round back into form here pretty soon. All right, looking at Mississippi this week, uh, from a record standpoint, um, one loss standpoint, uh, Mississippi did really well this week. Uh, they dropped two out of their first three games to Birmingham and in Birmingham, but um, they end up taking up the, the last uh, three games of the week, end up with a 4-2 record for the week. Uh, starting pitching, uh, like I mentioned before, Domingo Robles was one of the, the uh, guys who did well this week, gave up just one run over six innings and. In, Wednesday's win, and he got a lot of run support as well as they won that game 13-2. to And uh, Luis De Avila had a really good uh, start as well as he just gave up six scoreless innings um, in his start. So a uh, really good start for De Avila there. Uh, Hayden Deal uh, served as an opener on Sunday, and he had three scoreless innings. And now he has a scoreless streak going back to May 5th where he's tossed 11 and two-thirds scoreless frames. 
Uh, going into the bullpen, uh, Victor Bodnick had a, a pretty good week. I mean, he gave didn't give up any runs in either one of his appearances, but one of them uh, kind of a Victor Bodnick type thing where he uh, pitched two scoreless innings but had three strikeouts and three walks. So he's still kind of uh, trying to get his command together, but uh, a pretty uh, decent week for him. A name we haven't been talking about a whole lot because he's been injured, but uh, Daisbel Hernandez, of course, he had the Tommy John surgery last season, came back briefly and made a couple of appearances, I think, for, uh, for Rome and then made one uh, for Mississippi before he hit the injured list again. But he came off last week and had an easy one-inning appearance, three up, three down, two strikeouts. So uh, good to see Hernandez back, and uh, hopefully he can build upon that. Uh, for the offense, guys, we've uh, been trying to keep an eye on, like Jesse Franklin, ever since he came off the uh, IL earlier this season. He hit safely in all five games this week. Didn't have a whole lot of power, but uh, he did go six for 20 with a double. He walked five times, and he had a OPS of over 800. So, uh, pretty good week for him. Luke Waddell had an interesting week. He went nine for 25 in near the top of the order, but he had a uh, a double and a home run, and he scored 11 runs this week. <laughs> so uh, that, that's pretty good for him. Uh, Drew Lugbauer had a, an oddball week for him. He had a good week for, uh, from a hitting standpoint uh, with a 389, 500, 556 batting line, but didn't hit any home runs, uh, strangely enough for him. And he also didn't strike out a whole lot, but he did hit three doubles and drive in four runs. Another guy who's who had probably the best week of the entire organization among the position players was Landon Stevens. He had a really miserable start to the season. I mean, he would have games where he'd record four strikeouts, but uh, he, he kind of turned it on here as of late. And if you see any of the uh, the film on him when uh, he hits a home run, they tend to go a long way when he gets a hold of one. He's almost kind of the right-handed compliment to Drew Lugbauer. But he had uh, three multi-hit games during the week, uh, had a double, two home runs, and drove in eight runs and had an OPS for the week of over 1,300. Yeah, Stevens was such a dangerous hitter in Rome last year, and then uh, he's just taken a long time to get acclimated to double A. But so hopefully this uh, this is uh, showing that he's uh, finding his way now. Um, like like you said, when he gets a hold of one, it, it's, um, it's an impressive shot all the time. I really love, was it 11, 11 runs scored for Waddell? That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's what happens when, you, when you're on base literally all the time, like he was this last week. That's yeah. uh, all right. Moving on to Rome. Um, Rome is having a hard go of it. Uh, they went on the road to Bowling Green, dropped four of the six after. Sweeping Hickory in Hickory um, and going over 500, they've really uh, hit the skids. They've now lost seven of their last 10, and they are 24 and 27, fourth place, uh, and now five games out of first. Um, the good news is they come home this week and uh, face those same Hickory Crawdads for six games, so hopefully they will get right. The Rome player of the week is uh, David McCabe. He came on and uh, was promoted from Augusta and uh, started hitting basically like he did in Augusta. Went six for 21, had a homer, four walks, so uh, on base a whole lot. Unfortunately, not a lot around him, so um, so he got to stand around a lot. The pitcher of the week uh, was fellow promotee uh, Cedric de Grand Prix. Uh, he was literally pitching when we were recording last time. So uh, we've, we've already talked about him uh, <laughs> on the last podcast, but five and two-thirds shutout innings, uh, allowing just four hits and striking out four. So um, he's, he's going to slide right into that rotation spot, and I think he'll fit in very well. 
Uh, Daniel Martinez had another great week. Uh, he was OFR in uh, Sally League Pitcher of the Week last week. This week, uh, he, again, five shutout innings. Um, uh, so uh, he's um, looking really well. Um, if if I was going to guess if there needed a starter in Mississippi, Daniel Martinez would probably be my guess on who would be, call, be called up at this point. I mean, he was already up in Mississippi at one point this season anyway. So, uh, And um, just a shout-out to also Rob Griswold, uh, four shutout innings over two relief appearances. He continues to put in good work in the bullpen. Uh, oh, on one other thing, uh, Ian Mejia. He didn't have a great start. He gave up four runs on Friday, and the, and the Braves lost 6-2. Uh, but he did go seven innings, and uh, you know I think he approached uh, over 90 pitches as well. So uh, Tanner Gordon, not the only one that's kind of got uh, extended here a little bit. Uh, Ian Mejia also, um, they're look at looking at maybe making him a 90 to 100 pitch horse here. Yeah, they seem to be identifying these guys. I mean, you got I saw it with Bryce Elder um, over the last couple of seasons, and, and I think they're picking these guys out. Hey, this guy's got stamina. He can go a long way. Give us a quality start over uh, six, seven plus innings. Yeah, and so many of those, so many of the, especially the young pitchers, they want to really control those innings and that taxes bullpens after a while. So having at least one guy there in that rotation that can make a long start goes a long way. <laughs> All right. Uh, in Augusta, they uh, went to Charleston this week and split the series right down the middle. Augusta won the first three games and Charleston the final three games. The Jackets are three games out of first place in fourth place, uh, but they do play Myrtle Beach um, at home this week. So they have a chance to make up some ground. The um, pitcher of this week for Augusta is Spencer Schwellenbach, who got his first quality start. Uh, six innings and uh, combined with Jared Johnson uh, to throw a five hitter and they won two to one in that game. So extremely well-pitched game. And uh, that was on Spencer Schwellenbach's birthday. So, uh, so nice job. Happy birthday, Spencer. If you're listening, Um, Jorge Bautista stepped in as the Tuesday starter for Cedric de Grand Prix and put on a pretty good Cedric de Grand Prix uh, impersonation. Uh, six innings, two runs, no walks, struck out four. And uh, Samuel Strickland came on, took it the rest of the way uh, for a 5-3 win. So it was almost like, uh, is it live or is it Memorex Tuesday and Wednesday last week with the starter going six and then uh, a piggybacker coming in and getting the final three innings. Touching on uh, Owen Murphy, uh, not a great start for him. Uh, he got a 3 nothing lead after the first inning, but couldn't get it to hold up. Uh, only managed to go through three innings and gave up four runs. Uh, Ethan Workinger, my pleasant surprise, uh, had another big week. Seven for 25. I'm sorry, I said, I said earlier I had a homer. He had three homers. Um, <laughs> he, Workinger almost was our OFR uh, position player of the week, but... Um, uh, Workinger with a big week uh, since uh, being installed in the leadoff spot on May 24th when Tavares was sent back to the FCL. Uh, Workinger with the uh, 317 OBP and a 513 uh, slugging percentage. Uh, Bryson Worrell, um, talked about him briefly as well. He only had four hits this week, but they all went for extra bases, a double, two triples, and a home run. 
Uh, and then um, this guy almost made my uh, pleasant surprise list, Ex- uh, EJ Exposito, uh, Swing a Hot Bat. He, uh, since being installed as the everyday shortstop when Tavares was sent down, he's been hitting 353, uh, 476 OBP uh, and 588 slugging. So um, Exposito um, really been um, a force in the middle of that Augusta lineup. And I think that'll do us for this week. Yeah, indeed. All right, Matt. So we got summer league play. I got a Rome Braves game. I'm going to Wednesday, and then I'm excited about this. I'm taking a uh, weekend trip to Augusta, and I will see Ooh. not one, not two, but three Augusta Green Jackets games against Myrtle Beach this week. Goodness gracious! Hopefully, you'll get to see some good pitching. Yeah, I'm hoping uh, hoping I get to see Owen Murphy on Friday. That seems to be when he's been pitching. And uh, if things go to pattern, I'll probably see Didier Fuentes and Adam Shoemaker, um, two young pitchers I have not seen before uh, the other two days. And who knows? Who knows what other special surprises may be in store? So we'll see. We'll discuss that next week. We'll get to discuss A.J. smith Shaver's home debut uh, coming up, I'm assuming, probably Friday, Saturday of this week. And who, who knows what, what what's going to happen tomorrow? They seem to throw a lot of transactions to us on, on, on Tuesday. And when we've been delayed, that's usually worked in our favor. So uh, we are actually recording this on Monday. So uh, we might be missing out on something. No emergency episode, though. <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't know what transaction they could possibly do that would rate that. But <laughs> uh, trade for Otani. Yeah, let's do that. And they and they option him to Gwinnett. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to work on his defense <laughs> before they bring out to replace Culberson. Yeah, exactly. All right. Hope everyone has a great week. Have a good one. No. Le bien qu'on m'a fait, ni le mal, tout ça m'est bien égal. Non, rien de rien. Non, je ne regrette rien. C'est payé. Allumer le feu, mes chagrins, mes plaisirs, je n'ai plus besoin de balayer les amours avec leur trémolo, balayer pour toujours, je repars à zéro.
Saco 